Welcome or welcome back to Solidarity on the Bench, a podcast for 20-somethings by a 20-something. I'm your host, Katie Yu, and on this podcast, we talk about everything and anything with a focus on mental health and personal well-being. New episodes every Tuesday at 11 a.m. PST. Today, I am joined with Leah Hansen. Um, she is a YouTuber, a TikToker, and an Instagrammer, art connoisseur. You've dabbled in so many mediums. I know about gouache. I know about photography very recently. And crocheting which you kind of started and put down and you use acrylic paints you you do everything so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast just to kind of chat about your art talk about imposter syndrome but thank you for being here Leah oh my goodness thank you so much for having me I I listen to your podcast so I'm so excited to like actually be a part of it it's kind of like cool and yeah I'm really excited to be here today oh my gosh I'm excited to have you on here so for the people who don't know you could you start by giving us a brief overview of who you are and what you do in the online space yeah so my name is Leah I am I kind of consider myself like a mixed media artist um, and a content creator I started making content kind of over COVID like everybody and posting on TikTok and Instagram and it kind of went from like a hobby to something that I was like oh there's a bit more potential here and then yeah now it's like my quote-unquote full-time job because um, I'm kind of like on a gap here right now so not really like a full-time job but it's still something that I do like as a little side hustle and yeah I I started YouTube about a year and a half ago and it's been like the best kind of journey of my life and yeah I don't know I don't really take myself too seriously as a creator because I feel a little like <laughs> again with the whole imposter syndrome like a little bit weird kind of in this space um but yeah I'm just I'm like a kind of creative person who likes to make videos and yeah that's kind of how I define myself I did not know you were doing this kind of like full-time and you took a gap year that is that's a huge step that's insane yeah it's been a it's been an interesting thing I actually like I was homeschooled up until grade 10 Mm -hmm. um and then I went to school for a year and a half and I dropped out in the middle of grade 11 um and kind of like went back to quote unquote being homeschooled but it was basically just like me dropping out um and so yeah I've had a very kind of unconventional education experience and I say that I'm on a gap year but technically I don't even know if I'm gonna actually go to college so I was gonna say you don't you don't need to in this day and age if you don't want to like I think that we think it's the the path line and the you know the the pipeline the natural progression of what you're supposed to do but you don't need to yeah, and maybe and I'll make maybe I'll go in like three years or something. You never know. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Can you remind like, me? Remind me how old you are. I'm 18. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I remember when we were gonna meet up, you were 17. I was 22, yeah. and I was just like, I can't believe, like a 17 year old. Now you're 18. You have a major, huge platform on oh. most social medias, and that is a lot of pressure. I feel like as as an artist and as a creative as well. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird thing because sometimes I'll make a video and I'll post it and then I'll like kind of step back and then I'll look back at like analytics or something and I'm like oh this many people actually saw this and it's like a weird a weird experience but yeah I'm really grateful that there's a community of people that like creating stuff as much as I do and we can kind of go along that journey together and yeah it's really fun 
Okay, so before we get more into the creative side, I'm super excited to ask you so many questions about that, though. Mm -hmm. um, in the name of Solidarity on the Bench, something I'm implementing in 2023 is asking all of my guests this one question, which is, when was the last time you asked for help? And I'm doing that because I want to kind of destigmatize, you know, asking for help, needing help, mm -hmm. especially in, in the sense of mental health. So if you would answer the question. Man, I mean, I think it would be like, this is kind of a, a, a tough question because I feel like I'm definitely somebody who's like very open in terms of like my mental health and emotions and stuff like that. And if I'm like in a bad place, I will tell people and sometimes people like don't want to hear it, but I'm like, you know what, I just, I'd rather be honest and whatnot. Um, but I'd say like, even just like the past week, I was like kind of feeling like a bit in a, like a bit of a rut and I was just kind of talking to my sister and kind of like working through stuff like that. But yeah, I think I think it's like really important and beneficial, like what you're doing on social media and kind of Thank you. normalizing something that like should be normal because every single person is like struggling with it. And yeah, I think it's so cool also that we've seen kind of a shift in like more traditional media um, mm -hmm. to kind of include and normalize that. And yeah, I think it's just it's really needed. And I'm always happy to talk about that. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I have been a Leah Stan, a Leah follower on all of the platforms. Even when I didn't have TikTok, you know, I would watch your TikTok on YouTube shorts. No so I have been a big fan. This is a big moment for me personally. You don't understand. Very excited to have you on the podcast. No, likewise. I remember I used to always see your like how-to posts. Um, and one of my friends would actually like send them to me because she thought they were so cool. And she was like, oh, this like might help you with what you're going through. And for some reason, I don't know why. I feel like I just didn't follow you at first. Um, I don't know why. And now I'm regretting that. But <laughs> I, I literally saw your post everywhere and I'm 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 a fan. I'm a Katie stan. Oh my God. So no, very excited. This yes. is a, this is an epic crossover if you can't already tell. I know. So excited. So excited. So I know we kind of briefly mentioned like I know you got into concert photography in 2023. You kind of mm -hmm. posted a wrap-up of that um this past, I don't know, week. So I want to talk to you a little bit more about like how you got started doing that. Yeah, um, it was kind of a weird thing. It definitely wasn't like a formal decision of, oh, this year I'm going to learn how to do concert photography. But basically, I went to a concert like two years ago for the first time. Um, and I was just like, oh, my goodness, this is like the coolest thing ever. I'm such a music person. Um, and I grew up doing dance and kind of like a bit of theater stuff, I guess, within like my church. Um, and so I did a lot of performing. And so kind of I, but I had never actually been to like a formal concert um, and so I just kind of like fell in love with the atmosphere and whatnot but um, it wasn't until like a year later I went to a Joshua Bassett man I cannot talk right now <laughs> Joshua Bassett concert <laughs> um, and I saw that he had this photographer girl and she was kind of like looked like she was around my age maybe like college student and she was kind of like walking around taking photos and I was like oh my goodness this is like so cool it's an actual job um, and I didn't get a chance to talk to her, but I sent her a DM on Instagram and she was really nice. And she like replied and she was like, hi, like, this is how you kind of get into concert photography and whatnot. Um, and so, yeah, I started just like bringing a little point and shoot camera to concerts and taking photos and trying to like build a portfolio. And then eventually got with a few publications and started shooting directly for artists. And yeah, it's been such a, such a cool journey. And, um, it's so nice to have like a little creative hobby that isn't directly related to my account because I've mm -hmm. kind of made the it's not really a mistake but I've made the choice to almost like monetize my hobbies mm -hmm. um and so having something that's just for fun was 
so beneficial but yeah it's been a fun little fun little journey oh my god can we like diverge and talk about the monetization of your hobbies for a second yes. especially <laughs> as a creative because this is a conversation that I had with myself too it's like do I want to monetize my Instagram do I want to kind of take this full time because the the answer is in this day and age yes you can mm-hmm. uh, if you have the drive if you know how to do it you can you can make six figures, right? Like Mm -hmm. the people who are promoting this actually do it and it is possible, but I decided Mm -hmm. not to because I needed that separation of work and creative life. And when I put too much pressure on myself to be a creative, that's when, you know, nothing comes out. Like you're so burnt out and Mm -hmm. you feel the need to create that like nothing, nothing happens. So that is a big decision. I mean, Mm -hmm. uh, not only just to have that separation, but also to monetize your art. So can you Let's talk about that for a second. How yeah, like, how is that going? First of all, it is something that I've noticed on your account is like, you don't really do brand deals. Is that mm-hmm. something you've consciously said no to? Um, I turned down maybe 99% of every brand deal. Yes. That's, that's really impressive. I honestly, I admire that so much. I think at the start of making content, I was just like, oh my goodness, wait, I can get paid for this. And it seemed like such a, you know, cause it's, a, it's more money than, you know, my minimum wage job was making. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, this is perfect. Um, and then I started doing a lot of brand deals in the beginning that I didn't really like align with. And it kind Mm -hmm. of left me with like a bit of an icky feeling, like nothing that was morally wrong, but I was like, I don't want to be here promoting what I'm like selling all the time. Um, and so Mm -hmm. I kind of took a step back from that. And even right now I'm like, I've taken like four brand deals, I think this year. And so I'm just trying to like take a step back from that. Um, but in terms of monetizing hobbies I mean it's kind of I'm in a tricky spot because the reason why I started my account was just kind of to document the different types of art that I made and I had no intention of ever like making it as some sort of thing to promote stuff um and so it just kind of naturally took that form where I was like oh well I can take something that I really like to do and turn it into something that is going to make an income as well um and yeah it's been an interesting experience uh I'm kind of going off on tangent, but I feel like every time I pick up a new hobby now, my first instinct is, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make a video about it. And I'm like, Leah, Leah, take a Mm -hmm. step back. Like, Mm -hmm. you don't need to do everything. Um, And I think I'm really happy that I don't do like kind of like the vlogging sphere or I don't share too much lifestyle stuff because I think that would kind of mess with my brain um, in terms of like separating what is social media and what's reality. But yeah, I've definitely kind of felt that within my hobbies and my interests. And also like if I start a new hobby and then I post a video about it and the video doesn't do well, I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not going to do this anymore, even if it's like fun. You know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I think that when I was, I don't know, this is kind of very deep Katie lore. Um, I am a photographer, um, was a lot more, I know I was a lot more active. I was a lot more active in photography when I was in high school, um, but I really loved film photography. So I did a lot of uh, darkroom work and um, my senior year of college, I learned how to do street photography. So I got really into that. I did portrait photography and then I was like starting to do senior portraits and getting monetized like and making money from that. Right. And student pricing, mm-hmm. everything was like very, very cheap. And I realized with that, I mean, that was such a prime example of like, I'm doing something and I don't care to do it. Obviously, it's like going to pay the bills. Like, 
okay, I had no bills to pay. Right. But I was like, <laughs> I, mean, I, can, I can make money from this. Um, but it's not yeah. like, I'm not passionate about doing senior portraits. Like I'm sure someone out there is very passionate about doing senior portraits, but that wasn't me. And so I kind of took a step back from photography and from that, because I felt like I had so much pressure on myself to either monetize it by doing something that I didn't really like or trying to get so good at it that I can make it my job. So mm -hmm. I actually was considering going to like school and majoring in photography. I know no way, that's so very cool. deep Katie lore um, didn't end up doing that, but have been encouraged recently to pick up my camera and do some street stuff again. So I might do that more yeah. in the new year, but definitely keeping that separation for myself because I know like some people can do it where they like monetize their creativity, but I know that I personally could not have that. Like I would need that separation. Yeah, I think recently I've, there's definitely been a few hobbies that I've like picked up or whatever that I'm like, this is no, this is just a, a Leo hobby. This is not a social media hobby. Um, mm -hmm. And I've kind of had to make that separation. But I think also it's telling yourself, like, I think one thing that I've been doing is kind of just documenting what I make instead of making things specifically to document. And mm. I think that's been a huge, a huge difference. Um, and I think it also just, helps content be more authentic and whatnot but yeah I think ideally this is kind of a different like tangent but ideally I don't want to do social media full-time like that's not my dream that's not I think it's a very kind of unrealistic and unhealthy career in terms of just like for me mm -hmm. um and so yeah I'm trying to like move towards just creating stuff in order to maybe promote a separate business that I have on the side but it's so crazy because I think I started like actually taking this seriously about two years ago and so I was like 16 and I was just thinking I was like how am I going to make money how am I going to get brand deals do I need a manager and mm -hmm. looking back what were you thinking like I'm like what am I doing here um and I definitely regret that but it also pushed me to like try really hard and like build an audience and whatnot but yeah I mean sometimes I'll like look at what other people my age are doing and there's so many people that are like doing so much and it's kind of like there's a lot of pressure but there's also just people you know going to college and just living their life I'm like that's kind of that's what I want just to be yeah having that balance mm -hmm. um so going back to the concert photography I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to start using that as like a, a conversation starter about imposter syndrome because I feel like with a new medium with eyeballs on you I was telling my friend yesterday I was like I forget that I'm a influencer like a creator sometimes with a platform like I'll post something and people will like want to follow it and I'm like wait 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 wait. like this is for me and I didn't realize that like you know I'm searchable and like yeah people can see what I'm doing um so how are, how are you navigating all of that in terms of like the having something that's separate from your big art account oh I think it's been it's been really really beneficial because when I first started the account I didn't really tell anybody about it I had like I told my sister I told like a few of my friends but I kind of just started it as a way to create stuff. And then also I think one thing that I've noticed a lot on my main account is that I play it very safe with the art I make. Mm. It's kind of like hard for me to do something that maybe expresses a lot of emotion or is like slightly controversial because I'm kind of scared that I have this pre-existing following and they're gonna like, there's gonna be some sort of backlash. Um, and so starting over and kind of just being able to have this new form of creativity in my opinion was really, really beneficial. Um, um, but I think it's also hard because, 
And this is an ego thing. You go from, if I was to DM somebody on my main account, there's a way better chance they're going to see it, but my mm-hmm. work is on my other account. And so starting from scratch, when you're kind of maybe used to people like giving you the positive feedback and whatnot, mm-hmm. especially just as somebody with an ego, it's like, that's not, <laughs> it's hard, but it's like, I needed to teach myself that. <laughs> yeah, no, it it really is an ego hit. I know exactly what you're talking about because I don't know if the listeners know this, but um, if you have a good like follower to following ratio, you get shown in like priority notifications, like people see when you're interacting with them more so than just a regular account. And so going from that to like nothing almost is definitely a big ego hit. Yeah, it was so good for me though, because it just made me focus on creating something that's actually good as opposed to creating something that other people are going to like. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard on the ego. (laughs) Well, I have to say I have been like loving the stuff that you're posting, especially like I am so interested in concert photography. I think that that's a medium that I've never touched. Um, and it's very, very hard, obviously low light, you know, long shutter. I don't even know how like technically concert photography works. And so I'm really impressed as well with like, not only your ability to capture that, but then the way you play with colors and the way you, you do everything in post. And I think I saw this reel from you the other day, which was like, why do you edit your photos so much? And you're like, because it's art. And it Mm -hmm. really is. I think the, what you produce and, and everything that you have like your hands in, in terms of concert photography is such a unique style and it really is art. Thank you. I appreciate that so much. Um, what you're saying though about content photography being hard, I genuinely feel, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I think it's one of the easier sides of photography because you don't have to focus on lighting. You don't have to focus on movement. You don't have to focus on like posing people and like the stylist is there and the people that are on stage, they already look good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so you just have to, once you know the basics and like once you know how to move around the pit and how to like navigate that, I think it's personally easier, but I I mean, that's so fair. I think that it's also hard to differentiate yourself as a concert photographer, because as you said, like so many of the things Mm -hmm. that that normally you would have control of as a photographer of like the the lighting and the aesthetics and the costume design, you don't. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, how can you be different to anyone else that is standing in that pit taking that photo? And again, what I said, like all the editing you do in post is like, simply so cool like I would totally have multiple of them as posters up in my room they would make like really cool sets you know so I want to just take a second and be like everyone go check out Leah's like concert photography it is genuinely really really cool that's so sweet thank you so much I mean I think with the editing is it's exactly what you said when I first started I was like taking photos and I was like how am I going to make myself stand out which again it's like Mm -hmm. why am I even thinking about this I should just be thinking about taking photos but it's just kind of like how my brain works um and yeah and just trying like different editing styles um the photographer for Billie Eilish Maddie Vogel he was like a really big inspiration because he uses like crazy colors and kind of like almost like a surrealist type of approach to it um and so yeah I got inspired by his work and then a few other people that um I found on Instagram and yeah I just tried to make something that was that was cool yeah (laughs) Well, I can tell you, it is really cool. Like as an outsider looking in, I think it's really cool. No, thank you. Um, So with concert photography and just any new medium in general, I know, well, okay, I don't. I personally would feel a lot of need for perfectionism, um, especially like posting something online and like having a potential for an audience to see it. And I feel this a lot with my Instagram account is like, I'm not kind of starting from scratch. I don't feel like I can fail 
quietly like whatever I do is going to be on a public scale so you with concert photography doesn't have to be about concert photography actually but just because that's your new medium that you're kind of exploring and promoting a little bit can you speak more about perfectionism and social media especially as an artist oh my goodness I totally man I feel what you're saying about you don't feel like you can fail quietly Mm -hmm. and I think every time I talk about this it's like well obviously like I'm not like a celebrity or something it's like if I do something wrong nobody in the end like nobody really cares but there's still a level and that kind of like affects you you know what I mean um I think yeah and also something that kind of messed me up is like over the past year I've had like I've built more connections with like maybe more established people or people that I like really admire their content whereas before it was kind of like I didn't really connect with creators as much so it was like the people that followed me just liked my content and so I felt so much pressure of like oh there are these like professional people following me I better make something that like lives up to that standard mm-hmm. um yeah and I'm a, I'm a huge perfectionist um not in the way of like even in school and stuff I will write an essay and I'll just submit it but when it comes to something that like maybe my name's on or like a personal project I get so attached to it and um but yeah I think there's so much there's so much pressure and it does seem a bit silly maybe when you talk to somebody on the outside world because they're just like really you're you're concerned that like some random person sitting on their phone on the other side of the world is like thinking what you're doing but um yeah it's definitely it's definitely a struggle especially if you get a video that kind of circulates in a different niche or kind of gets pushed to the wrong people I know mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of your like your content is popping off like it's doing so well and I, I I absolutely love that for you but I can imagine that because more eyes are on it you're getting also some of those maybe negative things and mm-hmm. that's always mm-hmm. like hard to deal with no it is again like I would never wish virality on anyone mm-hmm. I preach this a lot is like building slow and building a community that that backs you is always 100% like better than you know getting a viral video and gaining 50,000 followers like I I'm very lucky that everything that I post is not really going to circulate in in where negative comments would live but at the same time having so many eyeballs feeling that pressure um, going back to the conversation of imposter syndrome and talking about this podcast before I started kind of filming all of these guest episodes I have been very open and public about how I don't feel like what I have to say. Like, I don't feel like I I should have this platform. Not that I should or would or could, but like, it is so crazy to me that I can be like, hey, can you come be on my podcast? And people are like, yes. And like, there are people who like live in this like part of my brain that is like, you were untouchable and like, you were a celebrity. You're my Roman empire when it comes to social media. And so the imposter syndrome, when it comes to like, gaining a lot of followers really quickly or like doing things like creatively like a podcast and knowing that you're going to fail like it is huge and it has resulted in a lot of paralysis for me when it comes Mm. to making art Um, and I was doing a little bit of research actually before this podcast and I was thinking okay like what is imposter syndrome because I don't think I, I fully understand what it is and I saw this thing by Claire Yosa who wrote a book called Ditching Imposter Syndrome and she said there's four P's perfectionism which we talked about paralysis which I also kind of Mm -hmm. talked about people pleasing and procrastination and I think that 2024 I don't know about you but for me it's going to be the year that like I decide that it's not it's not weird to try something new and to fail at it like you you don't have to be good 
at everything. And I think I've, I've started posting about my running and my mile time mm. right now is 12 minutes, which is, you know, nothing to brag about, nothing to to bring home to, to mom and tell. But like, it, there's something to be said about like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try new things. And as adults, I feel like we we don't let ourselves try new things and fail. And with social media, everything feels public and big and scary. But with creativity, especially like, it's really cool. I see that you always try different mediums and, you know, sometimes you make videos about them. Sometimes you don't. I remember the whole gouache, like trying gouache and that whole series that yeah, you yeah. Like, picked <laughs> up and put down and picked up and put down. But there's yeah. something to be said about like, you know, trying something and not being afraid for it not to go well. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I have, first of all, you thinking that like you, like not thinking that you don't have a voice to like have a podcast and whatnot, but thinking like, feeling that I totally feel that and I just think like I've listened to a lot of your episodes I genuinely enjoy them some of the guests you've had on have been so so good and it's just it's given me like a lot of advice as somebody who's like also younger and like a lot of the guests you have are like around your age or whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's so it's I know you don't want like somebody to be like oh give me a compliment whatever and like that obviously doesn't help necessarily with imposter syndrome but yeah, I just wanted to say that because it makes me sad. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're you're so Thank you're so you. good at what you do. And even with your Instagram, like it it genuinely, if I'm having a bad day, sometimes I'll just like you're one of the accounts that I'll look at and it, it gives me like a lot of inspiration and stuff. And so yeah. Um also, sorry, what was the question again? I, I kind of lost my train of thought. <laughs> there was no real question. It was just kind of discussing like imposter syndrome and how it kind of shows up as like perfectionism, paralysis, people pleasing, and procrastination. Yeah, okay. I feel all of those. Um, something that I've been posting like way less lately, and I've kind of been telling myself, oh, it's for my mental health. I'm just taking a break and whatever. But in reality, it's like I kind of I'll set up my camera and I kind of feel like that paralysis, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because of the pressure of people pleasing, you know, and whatever. Um, and procrastination is something I really struggle with. And like you said, I mean, I'm definitely into the new year working on just getting over that and realizing that it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. There's so many more important things in the world than me posting a video and people maybe not like being it, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I think it, it, for me, the main way it shows up is just, I have like 400 videos that I probably made that I haven't posted and that I don't think I'm ever going to post because- Oh my God, clear your just, drafts. I clear your drafts. <laughs> Clearly. Um, and it's, I just, I feel like I'm very critical of like past work and I'll edit something and then I'll post it. And all I want to do is like go back and change things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really learning to kind of feel like, no, this is a piece of work that I made in that moment. And I liked it in that moment. I'm going to post it. It's going to be out in the world and mm-hmm. I'm going to move on and make something else. Um, but yeah in terms of just how it shows up I think for me it's the biggest thing is just not not putting myself out there and putting work out there because I feel like it's not significant enough Mm -hmm. well I think that's first of all I think that's crazy again everything you said about me like I think that when you say these thoughts of imposter syndrome out loud to another person who actually genuinely admires what you do the first thing we think is like that's absolutely crazy like I don't know Mm -hmm. what you would mean by like 400 things that are not good enough to be put out you know like because I genuinely enjoy everything that you post because it reminds me that like art is not that serious and creating is not not that serious and I can and should and should feel free to express myself in any way that I want to and so a bad 
you know thing for you art is so subjective like what you think is ugly or like isn't the best work I would might mm -hmm. think like that's your best work and I would like like that the most so I know you know all of that but it is kind of crazy you know to hear someone that you admire be like I also feel less than a lot of the times and that feeling of feeling less than you know inhibits me from showing up as my best self most of the time yeah I mean same for you I'm like I'm hearing you say I'm like that's that's that sounds crazy like mm -hmm. it, it really it really is interesting how it's so much in our own heads and other people don't judge you as harshly as you think we're like our own worst critic and you know the classic thing but yeah it's it's so crazy I mean there's so many creators that I you know I'll watch a YouTube video there is or I'll watch you know their podcast interview or something or not even creators like photographers and musicians and actors and they all don't like their own work and it's just it blows my mind you know mm -hmm. so I think it's just something that we all struggle with but it's yeah it's, it's crazy to think about yeah and going back to what you said about how you kind of haven't been posting a lot like in feed one of the questions that I actually was kind of typing up as you were logging onto the call was <laughs> I feel like your your in-feed posts are kind of the definition of make Instagram casual again. Like you'll just like photo dump whatever art you're doing at that time, which is like really, mm -hmm. really cool. So I want to talk a little bit about like showing up online, especially like in this weird, perfect social media space that either exists or that we ourselves feel like we've created. Like, you know, let's talk about making social media casual again. Yeah, man, I don't know. I mean... I have a hard time posting feed posts just because the algorithm just for my account does not like them, which is crazy because on my Mine photo too. account, really? Mm -hmm. oh my Mine goodness. hates yeah. it, which is yeah, like, I, it's just, it's so, it's so hard because I posted something, I think yesterday, two days ago being like, I'm worried about, you know, posting this in feed and like, let's make it casual again. And everyone in the comments, it's like, I, I love this. I love this. And it got mm -hmm. shown to 7,000 people. And like, mm -hmm. I don't even know what the what the percentage is of like my followers, but that is absolutely nothing compared to what yeah. I have. And it's just like yeah. the algorithm, even if you're trying to combat your imposter syndrome, combat, combat that like paralysis of showing up, mm -hmm. the algorithm won't let you do that. And they, yeah. they kind of box you into this thing. And so in, in turn, you box yourself into it. Yeah, I mean, it's so frustrating, like posting videos or reels and having them do so well and kind of seeing that reach and actually it's like people seeing them and then posting a feed post and Instagram's just like yeah no we don't we're not interested in that mm -hmm. um but in terms of like making making Instagram casual yeah I don't think it's a conscious choice I think I've just I kind of privated a bunch of like old posts that I had just because I don't know again with the whole me not liking my old work type of thing um but I think I was going through and I was like everything is just so so curated and it just didn't feel like me and so yeah now I'm just kind of like I'm gonna post photo dumps I'm trying to like just post more without thinking about the numbers and whatnot and I also think that Instagram is just it's such a difficult platform to understand mm -hmm. and so I've been kind of taking a step back in terms of putting so much thought into it and kind of channeling that into making more like I'm trying to make long-form videos and post more on YouTube and all that um yeah, I think it's just also just don't put your time into the, to something that doesn't really matter and that like the time you put into it isn't really going to affect it. I feel like I've spent so much time researching, you know, what Instagram posts do well and what blah, 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 blah. And then nothing really worked. And so I was just like, you know what I give, same with like posting times and everything. Mm -hmm. um, 
it's that's all a ploy it's stress a ploy me out. from from instagram gurus and teachers to get you to buy their like 27 dollar you know best instagram guidebook that like is just yeah. complete bs literally yeah I, I i tried posting like every day at the same time for like a month and literally nothing happened and i was like okay okay mm-hmm. yeah and it's, then i posted like sorry go ahead no i was gonna say it's like it's all a joke like yeah. like one of the 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 video that has blown up and done really well took me about 10 minutes to edit and like come up with the concept edit it and post it and I realized Mm -hmm. people don't care about curated content anymore people want to see real people don't want to see you know the nicest most beautiful shiny video ever as long Mm -hmm. as your message is there as long as the heart is there like that's what's going to do well yeah it's so funny because I filmed and edited a video the other day that I was kind of talking about, I don't really like what I'm posting. I don't really know what I'm making. Um, And I started kind of with the thing of, oh, I saw this Instagram reel that said, if you don't like your art, it's a good sign because it means you're improving. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, I posted on YouTube and I didn't think it was a very, you know, interesting video. I was like, okay, whatever. And it's been like a few days and it has like a hundred or 1.6 million views or something. Like it's, there you it, go it was, and it was the first one that like did well in a while and I was like what I didn't I didn't even think about this one you know what I mean yeah. so yeah social media is a it's a weird one very mm-hmm. weird it's weird it's so weird also to that we're even in this space and that this thing has become like such a deep part in my life and you know mm-hmm. I guess in yours as well and like I don't know it's just it's a, it's a weird thing yes um, okay, so I asked the community for some questions and they sent some really good ones. But the one I want to highlight today is someone asked, how do you reassure yourself that you're where you're supposed to be? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't think I really know the answer to that, honestly. I feel like it's I mean, I don't either. I yeah. asked you and then I was like, I don't know what I would say. <laughs> Let me know. To reassure myself, I think, oh man, I think it also just it comes down to the point of being like because I'm in an art space I think maybe it's easier because I see a lot of posts by artists and people that are like coaching artists being like just make the art that's in your heart and I think artists aren't judgmental about like oh if you have this many followers or if you have blah 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 blah. whereas like if it was a lifestyle account I feel like you can't really you can consider it art because you're putting content out there but it's not necessarily I don't know I don't know if you get what I'm I'm saying but yeah. yeah 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 And so I think it's almost easier for me to be like, okay, well, I'm making art and art is subjective and then end of story. And then I think just letting yourself not overthink it is so important. I'm a massive overthinker. And so Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you just have to like tell your brain, just be like, no, that's it. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to listen to music. I'm going to just do anything so that I don't spiral and and continue thinking about this. I also think um, it comes to, um, man, lost my thought here. Um, when it comes to like reassuring myself, um, I also just connect with other creators and, mm-hmm. you know, it's same thing with you. Like I would have never thought that like, like you've said the nicest things about like my account and content and stuff. And it made, like, it makes me feel really good. I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's good to get validation. And, you know, as humans, we're meant to get like feedback from other people and interact with other people. And I think, you know, obviously don't go searching for validation, but at the same time, it's not a bad thing to need that and to crave that and to actively try to find that. So, yeah. That, I mean, that answer is a lot more, a lot better than what I would have said. No, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> I, I, 
to answer the question, I think in my perspective, I would say I read this quote um, that said, if you were meant to be somewhere else, you would be there. Um, mm. And I have really internalized that into to mean that like wherever you are really is exactly where you're meant to be because yeah. there are so many circumstances and choices, like minute choices, big choices that have led you to be in this exact moment. And I know, I don't know if this is true for you, but it's definitely true for me is like, I want to do so many things, um, not just, you know, in work, but in life, like bucket lists and goals and stuff like that. And again, there's this quote, that or this this idea that it's like you can do everything that you want to do you just can't do it all at once so I remind myself that where I am right now is in one of the goals that I have set out for myself and I have to be fully and like fully immerse myself in that and be proud of myself because if I'm always constantly chasing that next goal that next what else am I going to do I'm never going to really appreciate and like appreciate where I've been and that sounds like some big you know crystal juju and all that stuff (laughs) you know like there's like those mindset tips but um that's something that has really worked for me is like okay if I imagine talking to myself maybe a year ago five years ago about exactly where I am right now they would be so proud and also mm-hmm. so like confused and like they're like how how would how did you get there like that is really cool and so reminding myself that like where I am right now is somewhere I've always wanted to be and I know that I always have room to grow and have those different experiences I just can't do it all at once and so while I'm in this space I'm going to love what it is in this space and really fully immerse myself in that space yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree with what you say about, you know, your younger self. And I know everybody's always like, oh, you know, imagine your younger self and what they're mm-hmm. saying. And it sounds so like flaky, but it is true. And even when I go back and I'll, I'm a, I love journaling, I love writing down things. And I, I journaled a ton as a kid. And I'm really happy and thankful for that because I'll read some journals from like, even when I was like 12. And wow. some of those like dreams, I'm like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of doing that. Like, and also even going through like old dms to people or old text messages sometimes i'll find like things that i'll be like oh i really want to do this or i saw this person and like this is so cool and being like okay i'm actually here and maybe i have this new goal for myself that i'm kind of stressing out because i haven't achieved but you know a year ago i would have been like you said really confused but um <laughs> right I'm like how did I get here like yeah <laughs> what happened man I feel like what I'm doing right now and the interests that I have are so different from a year ago and I think that's also I don't know if this makes sense but in a year from now that goal that you're really working towards and stressing about you might not even really care about it in a year mm-hmm. and so I think yeah I think just kind of putting things in per- into perspective is so so beneficial yeah and allowing yourself to kind of like grow and change and again, what you said, like reappraise your goals, like maybe you mm. don't care about what you thought you did care about. And so letting yourself like t- giving yourself some slack, letting yourself off the hook um, and only work towards the ones that really set your soul on fire right now. I sound like a yoga hippie and I don't <laughs> think that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm no. really like stopping to listen to myself and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no, me too, me too, me too. <laughs> Every time I have these conversations, I'll like say it. And then a minute later, I'm like, what did I just? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, literally embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm also not a really philosophical person. Um, I don't like to like think of like, oh, these like big ideas and kind of, because I feel like when I 
the more I think about things, the more I spiral. So it's like mm-hmm. easier for me to just be like, no, this is the facts and let's just like move forward. Um, but yeah, sometimes I just like, I will go off on a tangent and I'm like, what did I just say? And <laughs> No, but I love how I feel like you're kind of the creator that I look to and look towards for like the, let's just keep it casual. Let's keep it fun. Like it's not that deep. Let's, yeah. you know, make Instagram casual again. Like I see your work and especially I think, maybe it strikes so much of a chord with me because of the fact that like you are creative um, and I don't follow many creatives. So Mm. just being able to reconnect with that, seeing you try and fail things, the gouache specifically is the one that's like coming back into my mind. Cause no, no, no. It's so real though. (laughs) It's like you, you started it and then you did it for a couple of days and then you were like, so guys, I'm back after six months. I haven't touched my gouache. (laughs) no it's so so real like like it is true like you may have wanted to do it you know six months ago and then you kind of lost interest and it's like let's not beat a dead horse if you don't want to do it you don't want to do it especially as a creative so just like let yourself do whatever you want to do in that moment and and be truly authentic to to yourself okay so the the question I wanted to end on and this is kind of a perfect segue is that you do have a bunch of series online including and I wrote down three the ones that I know off the top of my head, Alphabet yeah. Signature Ideas, um, Learning Gouache, and the Pantone Card Series. Ooh. So those three, whichever ones you're doing right now, which series has been your favorite one? Uh, I'll tell you right now, it was definitely not the signature one. I I know you kind of hated that. I hated those with a burning passion, but they kept doing really well. And I was like, oh. and then I got a ton of, like, most of my followers that I have on my Instagram are from that stupid series. And then they all unfollowed me after I stopped posting. And I was like... You know what? It serves you right, Leah. Um, so definitely not that one. I would say, honestly, the Pantone card has just been like super chill. And I've had in the past, like I was looking at my videos from last year and on YouTube shorts, um, I posted a ton of Pantone cards about like, I guess almost like more into like mental health type of topics. And I would just kind of write a quote and then discuss that. And I think I want to kind of go back into that because I think those are probably some of the more meaningful videos that I made. Um, and so, yeah, I really, I really value those. And I think that was the funnest series. Well, I personally also love the Pantone cards. Um, fun, again, more Katie lore, especially for you, is that I do have like Pantone, like blank cards, like greeting cards or whatever. Yeah. And I, I don't know whether it was before I saw your work or after I saw your work, but now I definitely do it more as like, I love to handwrite cards for my friends. That's like always been a thing that I do. And I started using the Pantone cards. I would match the color to my friend's personality. And then I would draw on it just like you did. Um, when it would be like some sort of, not like shitty because I don't want to be mean to myself, but not great no, I... art. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it would have something yeah, to do with the color. Um, and it reminds me a lot of your Pantone series. And so I love that you said that that was your favorite one because it has definitely inspired me either to start or keep going. I, I literally cannot remember if I started because of you, but I definitely do it more now that I see your work. So that has been really inspiring to me. So if mm-hmm. that, if you take anything away from this is like the stuff that you're doing that, that may feel small and trivial to you has made such an impact on even just me. And so imagine, you know, the impact that you've made on a lot of people, especially young people. That is, that's like the sweetest thing ever. Also, I want to say, I have not, like, I do not take any credit for, like, 
inventing drawing on panto cards because I was. But like you're the, the one that I associate it with, so like that. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm you know what? I'll, I'll take that. I'll mind. take that. <laughs> um, but I think you know you're saying like writing um cards and stuff. I think that's something that I've noticed so much about your account and kind of just like the personal the personality that you've kind of portrayed through that. Um, and even getting to know you kind of more today, you just seem like you're very intentional and thoughtful when it comes to things you don't just like I feel like you really take the time to like find out somebody's personality and like connect with that even like with the interview questions like they've all been really like nice and personal and I feel like they're really kind of speaking to me so yeah I just say I really I really appreciate that about you thank you so much again like I've said this this is my third guest episode film actually and I've said this every single time I am so worried about the interview questions (laughs) No, they were amazing. They're so okay, good. Good. I have been getting really good feedback, but again, going into that imposter syndrome of being like the perfectionism and then the perfectionism turning into paralysis and feeling like whatever I do is not good enough. It makes me just genuinely so happy to hear that the interview questions are good. Oh no, they're they're really good. <laughs> Honestly, don't doubt yourself when it comes to your podcasting skills. I think, I mean, even look at like the podcasts that are out there now, Emma Chamberlain or, you know, there's ones that are really popular. They're just casual and they're just fun. And I think you're doing a really good job of that. So thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate it. Okay. Um, so the last little segment, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to okay. plug whatever you want. Could be your own work, could be something you're doing. So the floor is yours. Oh man, um, pressure's on. Uh, not actually man, 30 I seconds. Don't, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> uh, one, two, three. Um, <laughs> I, I have a lot of kind of random projects going. I'd say if you want to like keep up with my work and kind of see what I'm working on, YouTube is where I post most of it. Um, mostly in shorts. I've been slacking with the long form videos, but I'm going to start po- uh, you know I was gonna say I was gonna start posting but I'm like you know what I always say this and I never do so maybe I won't say that but I'm gonna try I'm gonna try to start posting more um long form more kind of cinematic um I really want to like kind of incorporate photography and videography and filmmaking into kind of my art channel so I think that's gonna be something that's coming up and yeah I mean my socials do you want me to like say my yeah go for it okay yeah so it's just at Leah Hansen L-I-A-H-A-N s-e-n on um tiktok and then add add another n on the end on youtube and instagram so perfect well all of Leah's socials will be down below in the description so make sure to check her out especially her photography account which you did not plug oh Um, also yeah leah hansen photo yeah (laughs) come on i know i'm a big fan so those will all be down below if you want to check them out but thank you leah so much for your time and so much for Mm -hmm. this conversation Thank you so much for having me. I really, I really enjoyed this. And yeah, thank you so much. It's been a great time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Solidarity on the Bench with KDU. If you enjoyed this podcast or want to submit a question for future guests, you can follow the podcast Instagram at SolidarityPod or follow the host at Katie.eu. See you next Tuesday.